Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I want to talk more about that uh, NBA player who uh, called out Nike and um, uh, and the NBA, I guess, over their, their, their treatment of China. I want to talk more about that because that, uh, I know this is my thing, might not be your thing. I think this is the biggest thing going on in the world is whether countries are going to wake up to China and uh, and there's going to be public pressure for um, companies to and, and their own countries to stop doing business with China, if we're going to decouple or not. But we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm much, absolutely up for that. I love it. How, how much trouble is that NBA player in? He's got to be feeling some real heat. I wonder what's going on behind the scenes. They've got to be very subtle about it. You don't want to be openly doing Satan's work, you know, in the spotlight. Uh, but, yeah, he'll be getting all sorts of pressure. So more on that to come. Let's go ahead uh, quickly, Michael, with Clip 70, Bill Malugin of Fox News, to get into our next topic. You're watching as two U.S. citizens smuggling illegal immigrants live stream themselves as they're pursued by Texas DPS in Del Rio. The driver has a gun in her lap and five migrants loaded into her car. At high speeds, she tries to evade DPS as troopers chase. Ultimately, she loses control and crashes while streaming live. Please, let me out. Both women were arrested and charged with human smuggling. Texas DPS says they drove down from Austin to pick up the migrants, possibly after seeing cartel ads like these on social media, where they offer quick cash to U.S. citizens in an effort to recruit young people to smuggle migrants. So they are reaching out, the cartels are, on social media to the young, the stupid, the naive, the, the poor, the greedy, and promising them thousands of dollars to just zoom down to the border. All you got to do is pick up these four people and take them to Austin or wherever, uh, depending on where you're talking about on the border, and, and you can make some serious cash. And a lot of people are doing it, and they're ending up in jail, too. Or at least if the state authorities get them, they are. The feds don't care because they're not enforcing immigration law. But the crisis at the border is big and getting bigger. So let's get into what this is. You know, it reminds me of uh, some people get this reference and some people would be mystified. There's a part of Monty Python's uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where there's a, a rider coming over the horizon. And uh, every time they look, he's still at exactly the same point. <laughs> and they just keep looking at the rider approaching. And he's always approaching, but he's never any closer. Uh, well, there's there's a bit of the feel of that with that uh, caravan of what seems to be three or 4,000 migrants from dozens of countries around the world that forcefully penetrated the southern border of Mexico. They literally overran the cops. And streamed into Mexico. And now they're moving northward, slowly but surely, toward the southern border of the United States, where they will show up, rush across the border, turn themselves in or not turn themselves in. And many hundreds, well, a couple of thousand of them will get in scot-free. And then a thousand or two thousand of them will be apprehended, then turned loose with something less than a parking ticket, suggesting that perhaps at some point in the future they would like to report to immigration court. Um, Griff Jenkins has a report on the caravan's movements in clip 91, Michael. They've been walking for three days, a new migrant caravan, 3,000 strong from all over the world, Central America, South America, Haiti, Cuba, Africa. 
refusing to be deterred by the Mexican National Guard, who tried to stop them on the first day. They're determined on making it to the United States. The situation in my country is real tough, uh, monetarily, and so therefore uh, I'm, I'm trying this, this time to go back to the United States. But the journey is hard, on foot, in 90-degree heat, women with small babies, children in strollers, some even wheelchair-bound. From a legal perspective, one of the more interesting aspects of this that we need to get to is Texas versus uh, Joe Biden's federal government. But, Jack, did you want to comment on that? That's the same comment I always have on this story. It's just amazing that it happens and there's not more attention paying to it. Once again, unless you watch Fox News, I don't think you know this is happening. Yeah, yeah, there's been some some very light coverage of it in the WAPO, and I tip my sombrero to them for at least paying a little bit of attention to it. Uh, not I much, give them but two and a half enchiladas. Oh, boy, that was too much. Uh, clip 93, please. Uh, this is Bill Malugin who's doing terrific reporting on the border. The state of Texas is now preparing for this migrant caravan. Governor Greg Abbott is deploying massive amounts of Texas National Guard resources down to the Del Rio International Bridge area. This is the exact same area where we saw those 15,000 Haitians last month. The idea behind this being the state of Texas will step up where the federal government is not securing the border. They say they will not allow another Del Rio situation to happen, so they are pre-positioning resources all along the border there to send the message to those caravans. Caravans, you will not be allowed into Texas. Texas DPS telling us, unlike the federal government, they will not roll out the red carpet for these caravans. Remember when this happened in Arizona, where you had, uh, you know, the state was doing things, uh, mm-hmm. and then the Obama administration say, "Hey, you don't get to do that. That's they the federal government's them. job." Yeah, they, and, um, they, and, and Arizona said the federal government isn't doing its job, but they found a court somewhere to say, nope, you're not allowed to enforce the law. I wish there'd be a big old fat Supreme Court ruling that would say if the federal government doesn't do what they're supposed to do, the states have every right to enforce their borders. Well, Greg Abbott and company have a well-oiled machine for challenging the dictates of the federal government, as we saw during the Obama years and, and now during the uh, poor old senile Joe Biden years. And something tells me... <laughs> something tells me they are seriously lining up their ducks and are going to come to the courts with an extremely detailed and well-prepared case to push their point because there is enormous damage being done uh in the border region of texas in terms of crime and 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 filth and and just and the people dying i mean my god the 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 people who give themselves over to these uh cartels it's hell for them it's rough rough uh, let's see. There's one thing. Oh, that's right. We we covered that. Tucker Carlson had some pretty strong quotes, uh, some some stuff on this that I thought was pretty good. Uh, in clip 94, he talked about the numbers of people who've come into the country. Over the past year, more than 1.7 million foreign nationals from 160 different countries from around the world have showed up at our borders with no visas. Virtually all of them have been let in. Almost none of them will ever leave. So how big a group is this? How many is 1.7 million people? Well, it's more than twice the entire population of Denver or of Boston or Seattle or Detroit or Nashville or Las Vegas. It is more than three times the entire city of Atlanta coming in a single year. Mm -hmm. Which is absolutely amazing. And the WAPO story I referenced, uh, one of the very few in the mainstream uh, legacy media that's even admitting this is happening, doesn't quote 
the guy who's organizing this, even though this guy is talking to all the media who will listen. His name is Ireneo Mujica, and he said, and I quote, While former President Trump tightened immigration control, which decreased migrant influxes significantly, his management of the issue was at least predictable, Mexico suggested. And here's the quote. They're just in denial of their own fault. They haven't been able to handle immigration. If I tell you the truth, I believe at least with Donald Trump, we knew what we had. With Biden, we don't know. He doesn't seem to have a clue what to do with immigration because he says one thing and does another. Tell me something different that Joe Biden has done. He promised immigration reform he hasn't done it said the guy running the caravan which is undeniably true so you have the right the far right the the centrist america that in overwhelming numbers wants the border controlled you have this guy who is way 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 left he's a a, a caravan organizer everybody agrees and yet you can't get a whiff of this in legacy media that's how dishonest they are and it's, uh, remember on the debate stage when he had all those Democrats that wanted to be the nominee, Joe Biden, I think, was the only one that didn't immediately raise his hand for free health care for immigrants, for illegal immigrants. Right. Um, right. Everybody else was absolutely free health care for illegal immigrants. Joe Biden, he kind of hesitated, looked around, kind of, you know, I'm not sure. But I'm a, um, so he was the he was the right winger among that crowd, and he's doing nothing about this. Right. And then one final point from Tucker Carlson, which I think is a pretty solid one, 96. The administration refused to detain even suspects believed to have committed aggravated sexual assault and narcotics violations at the height of a drug epidemic that's killing almost 100,000 Americans every year. So it's really clear this is not simply an incredibly dangerous and destructive policy that intentionally hurts America. And it is that. No, it's more, though. It's an unequivocal violation of federal statute. It is, in other words, a crime. It's a crime. Section 236C of the Immigration and Nationality Act requires federal agents to, quote, detain and hold any alien who is released from criminal custody if the alien entered illegally and is removable on any of the criminal grounds of admissibility or if the alien entered legally and is removable on most all of the criminal deportation grounds. Got that? In other words, For the safety of American citizens, of course, in every country has laws like this, the U.S. government is required to arrest and hold criminal aliens and deport them. But Joe Biden has refused to do that. He is breaking the law right out in the open. So why hasn't he been impeached? Not because he has bad character or he's senile, but because he is breaking federal law. Well, as long as he has the majority in the House, it'll never happen. But I think that's a pretty solid case. We'll keep our eye on it, even if most people don't. Um, well, and those thousands of people will be showing up to the border, including Texas, and when it happens, most of the media will act surprised or they will claw- claim the people are being whipped with horse reins. Right. Uh, it seems Alec Baldwin has made it another 24 hours without shooting anybody. We have the latest on that whole story. Alex Baldwin. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, that, uh, I don't know what was going on there, but we've got some more information on that movie set and what was happening and how the media has contempt for the poor. Pretty good article I saw bouncing around on Twitter, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
I think the best part about my job is just showing people who are normally kind of freaked out by guns, like, how safe they can be and how yeah. they're not really problematic unless put in the wrong hands. So who is that person, Michael? Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. She's the armor on the set. She was in charge. Of that Rust movie where Rust, Alec yeah. Baldwin shot a couple of people, one to death, accidentally, allegedly. <laughs> I don't have any reason to think he wanted to shoot somebody. I'm not ready but, to uh, leap to conclusions like you are. <laughs> but so, well, let me hear that again now that I know the context. So she was. Uh, she I was think involved. the best part about my job is just showing people who are normally kind of freaked out by guns, like how safe they can be and how they're not really problematic unless put in the wrong hands. Yeah, well, your your hands might be those hands then. Might be the problem. Wow. I don't know. They'll figure that out. There's a big press conference today, I guess, which if it's happened already, somebody uh, look for any quotes on it. But there's a press conference happening today there in New Mexico on the details of what the heck went on there. We have a U.S. representative who has had their Twitter account canceled. Or uh, is it canceled or just suspended? Anyway, Representative Jim Banks had made a tweet last week on a story that we covered about how Dr. Rachel Levine had become the first openly transgender four-star officer in the U.S. uniformed services. And it got a lot of headlines for that. Levine is also the nation's assistant secretary of health. Well, this um, Representative Banks responded to the U.S. Surgeon General congratulating Levine on her promotion and the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps by writing, the title of first female four-star officer gets taken by a man. The post was removed by Twitter with a reference to the Twitter rules, and you should know what the Twitter rules are so that you don't get uh, banned yourself. The Twitter rules include a ban on targeted misgendering of transgender people. So this U.S. representative officially had his account, uh, at least for the time being, closed down. I don't know if he gets to appeal it or, or how the whole thing works. But uh, Representative Banks says in response to that, my tweet was a statement of fact. Big Tech doesn't have to agree with me, but they, should, they shouldn't be able to cancel me. If they silence me, they will silence you. We can't allow Big Tech to prevent us from telling the truth to which we always have to throw in the caveat of it's a private company and they get to do what the hell they want to do. And if they decide that they only want uh, people with blue eyes to be able to tweet and not brown-eyed people, they they could do that. That's their company. Um, but don't misgender people in your tweets. So apparently, if you would refer to Caitlyn Jenner as a he, that is uh, reason enough for Twitter to uh, to take away your account. Just to let you know, if you're... This, the the joking sort, or you're into this story, or whatever. Uh, running through a couple other things I wanted to get to. Oh, Mark Milley. I mean, we might have to grab these clips. He's uh, testifying uh, in Congress today, and he said the test of China's hypersonic missile is very concerning, and this is very close, if not a Sputnik moment, as in a moment when Russia showed that it was ahead of us in technology. China may have just showed us that they're they're ahead of us also. Oh, boy. Well, at least it's a indefensible death missile, you know, equipped with a nuclear warhead. Nothing to worry about. You know, and I thought the other day it reminded me of the Sting song from the 80s. I hope the Chinese love their children, too. Um, 
Sting had a famous song, I Hope the Russians Love Their Children, too. I was thinking about it with, with Xi. Nobody knows what his mindset is. He might be willing to go down in history as the guy that, 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 that obliterated half the planet, but did it in the name of the Chinese. We don't know. I, I find myself kind of thinking of uh, the other Sting song, Roxanne, about a hooker. Some hot hooker he's in love with. Don't fall in love t- with a hooker, Sting. How'd you ha- how did a hypersonic missile made you think of that? I just think of Sting songs a lot, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Uh, yeah, I I am troubled because the, the Soviets, for all their ideological extremism and, and nuttiness, did not have like a... a uh, a thousand-year egotistical plan like the Chinese do, because they believe the fates right, right. dictate that they be the dominant power. It's it's a quasi-religious belief. Yeah, exactly. I think there's, you know, maybe this is hyperbolic, but I, I feel like China has more reason to be uh, for us to be scared of them than, than Russia, like you just said. They believe yeah, that they, they are ordained by all time to be in charge of the world. One way yeah. or another. There's a lot of waving hands and and uh, and gestures happening, Michael. Is there something? Why don't you just tell me what I should do here? I have 20 seconds to talk, and then I'm done. I'm at home sure. because I think I've got the COVID. I have gotten some texts on how well you can trust these home COVID tests. Oh, I'm curious to hear that myself. Probably worth passing along to any of us who are getting the sniffles and we take a test at home and decide whether or not we should go to work. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Inflation is a complicated thing. Couldn't come up with a better word than thing all of a sudden. Mm. Um, my high school English teacher would have been very disappointed. We weren't allowed to use the word thing. Well, I don't blame him. Let me give myself a couple of more seconds. Phenomenon is a good word. Uh, inflation is a phenomenon. It's so many different things. I've read a couple of different articles in the last 24 hours about the psychology of inflation, the the difficulty in measuring inflation because it comes in so many different forms. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later. It's pretty interesting. And once you, once you hear a lot of this stuff, you'll definitely be on the lookout for it. Also, some really interesting developments in the pretrial portion of the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. If you don't recognize that name, Rittenhouse was 17 years old in 2020 when he was arrested for fatally shooting two men, injuring a third during a protest-turned-riot in Kenosha, Wisconsin. You remember that? The teen lad who was getting chased with the street, uh, through the streets. Rather, The judges made a couple interesting rulings. Stay with us. So, uh, pundits, or people who understand politics, left, right, and center seem to be in agreement that the phrase, defund the police, might have been the stupidest slogan in the history of politics. (laughs) Practically nobody liked it ever. But because the media... Well, it's it's interesting because it works both ways. You had a lot of the media who had just so blindly, ideologically so far left, they loved the idea of defund the police. Then you had any media that was kind of to the right, they wanted to pump up defund the police because it was they knew it was so damaging to the left. So there was an incentive for both extremes to really make a big deal out of defund <laughs> the police, while, but while most of the country is like, what are you talking about? That's an idiotic, idiotic idea. The latest polling on defunding the police. 
Um, at its most popular, at its most popular, you had forty-seven percent of people saying their area should cut back on funding the police, and that was like right at the very height, like weeks after George Floyd, right at the very height when people were in a fever and hadn't thought it through. Um, it has dropped uh, by many, many, many points uh, since then, um, and you can uh, measure it in, in different groups. Um, but it, it's well, well, well down into the the 20s in terms of uh, popularity nationwide. And there's no point in breaking it down with the different groups. It doesn't really pull well with anybody, but it, it just it was never very – it was never – at its height, it was less than 50%, and then it quickly dissipated among all groups. And it seems to be particularly among, like, black communities where they thought, no, we don't need less police. We need more police. What are you talking about? Well, I'm not surprised to hear that at all. You know, I'm thinking back to the Jason Riley piece we shared with folks yesterday where he was talking about all the theft and the property crimes in San Francisco in particular and all the stores that are closing because of all that crime. And he was talking about that's victimizing poor people and black people. Rich people are are not victimized when the local Target closed, when all the Walgreens in the city are closed. You know, they can just jump in their car and go to a different one. It's inconvenient, yeah, but the, the poor people in those neighborhoods are really, really getting victimized by the rise in crime. It doesn't take a you know a genius or a criminologist to figure that out. The Pew headline, because it was their survey, the Pew people, uh, their headline was defund the police is dead. Um, it was never really alive. Mm. But the other side of it is saying, well, there is about a quarter of a lot of different groups, when you break them down, that want to defund the police. To me, that just means about a quarter of people are morons. I think that's what I take from that. Yeah, you know, there are some people who think, well, we want to take some funding away from the police to, uh, you know, enact a uh, mental health squad or a whatever, a civilian gentle approach, you know, de-escalation crew or whatever. You know, it's not a stupid idea, but the idea that the cop shops are overfunded and there are too many cops, please show me that town. Where, please? Anyway, uh, speaking of law and justice and crime and violence and that sort of thing, this is really interesting. Kenosha County Circuit Court Judge Bruce Schroeder ruled Monday that prosecutors are barred from referring to the men shot by Kyle Rittenhouse there in Kenosha during the riots. He, he barred referring to them as victims, while the defense team was permitted to refer to them as rioters and looters. So I remember, so this was the kid with the rifle, and he was running around, and he ended up in a wrestling match and shot some people? Yeah, he was getting chased through the streets and, and fought a guy and the rest of it, and yeah, he ended up shooting some people during uh, the, the nighttime riot and looting and burning and stuff like that. So again, and this is interesting, and I think I get it. I haven't read the actual paperwork, um, but the judge says, no, you can't refer to the guy shot as victims essentially, I'm guessing, because that's what they're there to decide. Because uh-huh. Rittenhouse's defense, quite obviously, is self-defense. Right. Yeah. Well, that, He's that getting chased through the street by people who want to kill him. No, that's a, definitely a prejudge if you call the person a victim. If somebody breaks into yeah. my house and I shoot him and you refer to him as a victim in front of everybody, that's certainly going to cloud the issue. So the defense team can refer to them as rioters and looters, but the judge explained to Rittenhouse's defense team that they may not refer to those shot in such terms during opening statements, but can do so in closing statements if they have evidence to back it up, said the Chicago Tribune. He can demonize them if he wants, if he thinks it'll win points with the jury, the judge reportedly said. 
The word victim is a loaded, loaded word, Judge Schroeder added, telling prosecution they can't use the term victim. Uh, According to the Tribune, such restrictions are not uncommon in self-defense cases. The ruling, however, did upset the prosecution, according to The Hill, and I quote, prosecutors were frustrated by Schroeder's decision, arguing that he was creating a double standard by allowing Rittenhouse's attorneys to disparage the many allegedly killed while not allowing them to be defended. Quote, the terms that I'm identifying here, such as rioter, looter, and arsonist, are as loaded, if not lo- more loaded, than the term victim, said the assistant DA. That's not true, because they're not on trial. That's an d- d- incredibly disingenuous thing to say, and he knows better. Uh, let's see. Here are the facts of the case. He pleaded not guilty in January, claiming he was acting in self-defense. Uh, the portions of the video... Uh, that I watched in, in its entirety a couple months ago, show Rittenhouse tending to hurt protesters during the night of the riot before tensions escalate and the teen finds himself pursued by a mob and pinned between cars as gunshots ring out nearby. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's probably worth mentioning at this point. I meant to mention it earlier. Remember, he was part of a volunteer squad of people uh, there were several of these squads in various cities around the country that popped up and vowed to defend their towns from the rioters and the looters and the arsonists because the cops had stood down. So here's here's a great defund the police. You know what? They didn't defund the police during these protests. They defanged the police. And what we got was citizens by necessity. And I will stand by those words by necessity rising up to defend their towns and their cities. They formed a militia because there was no defense. They were being attacked. A well-regulated militia? Well, not well-regulated enough if you have 17-year-olds. Although, back in the Revolutionary War, they sure did. To, to prevent the total destruction of their communities, good Samaritans united to guard local businesses, says a community in his defense. Uh, I'm sorry, a video in his defense. Uh, so people are getting injured. Our job is to protect this business. Part of my job is to help people. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running in harm's way. I have my medic kit. If you are injured, come to me, he yelled in the early parts of the uh, video. I have to be older. So, yeah, we will follow that uh, court case, obviously. Uh, coming up, I have some very exciting passport woke news. We have new passports for the first time ever. You're going to be very excited about the progress we've made on this. And I find myself fascinated by one particular Twitter account that I need to tell you about. After a quick word from our friends at CarShield, when you deal with a car repair, especially one of those sudden expensive ones, it's lose-lose. You lose your money, you lose your time. Well, if you have CarShield, you're not worried about expensive repairs anymore. CarShield has always felt like the sweet spot for them is after your car goes out of warranty. So you buy a new car and it's got three-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. Well, of course, you're covered then, right? But it seems like your problems happen the second you go over whatever the mileage or the years or whatever. That's clunk, when you want clank. Yeah, that's when you want Car Shield. So whether your car has five thousand miles on it or hundred fifty thousand miles, Car Shield does have a monthly coverage option that will fit your budget. And Car Shield administrators handle the paperwork and expensive payments, so you don't have to. Uh, no matter how many miles on your car, like Jack says, you ought to look into Car Shield. Get coverage today. See why Car Shield cars go further. Visit CarShield.com/Armstrong to save ten percent. That's CarShield.com/Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Click on CarShield.com/Armstrong. Joe and I got interviewed the other day by a um, a big wig in the uh, in the radio industry about the state of talk radio and our careers and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
And one of the things we were asked and uh, and talked about was having to keep up on where the line is on what things you can say and can't say because it's uh, it's changing faster than ever of what's okay and what's not. Now, and, and there's no due process or anything even close to that. It's mob justice, so you really have to keep your ear to the ground or nose to the wind yeah. or eye to the sparrow or something. You might call it cowardly. I think you're wrong. It's just survival. I mean, if you want to stay, if you want to stay in this industry, you have to know where the line is. Um. So that congressman I mentioned last segment who referred to that four-star general as a he who has now declared herself a she, I know that you can't do that. Dave Chappelle wouldn't do that. I don't think. Um, No, probably not. If she says she's a she, Dave Chappelle would call her a she. If he calls her a he, I think he would realize, I don't think he would do that, and I would think he'd realize that's on the other side of what is acceptable now. And this congressman did it, and Twitter closed down the account. Um, Okay, so I get that line. I'm not sure where I am or where the line is on the whole I'm neither thing. I'm okay with the fact that you've decided you were born with a penis, but you're a she. I get it, or vice versa. I don't get the whole I'm neither or I flow back and forth in between each other. Sorry. I haven't come around to that thinking yet. Well, and how many demands are you going to put on all the rest of us when we don't mean any harm anyway? Well, our U.S. By government, referring to you as a he. Our U.S. First. government has taken another step down that road. The United States has issued its very first passport ever with an X gender marker. So it's not just, uh, you know, you're trans, so you were born a woman, now you're a man. You check the M because you believe you're actually a man. Okay, fine. I have no problem with that. Um, but now they have an X for non-binary, intersex, non-gender conforming persons. I'm not down with the you're a neither. I just I don't I don't get that. I'm maybe maybe I will come around or science will tell me something I don't know or whatever, but Am I wrong? Well, no, no, I totally get it. I just and again, how much terminology I mean, obviously if if I closely work with someone and they want to be referred to as she even though they're uh, you know, a fella a while back, you know, I'll adapt to that. That's fine. If they want to be called they, that's going to take me a while because it seems weird to me. My kids like, do it all the time. I like when Chappelle said, so somebody came up to him and said, they're after you. And he said, one they or many they. <laughs> that is the problem with that pronoun. <laughs> right. Right. It's plural. Um, Jen, and that that usage. Uh, but if for me to like be ready to adapt to every human being that I could conceivably come in contact with, like somebody holds an ex-passport. And you know they, I, you know, uh, and I refer to them as as he or whatever in some setting. I've never met them before. Then all of a sudden they're pissed off, they're aghast, they're offended, and they say, "Look, I'm an ex passport. I'm a they." Okay. All right. If I ever run into you again, okay, I will try to remember you're a they. I don't love my chances, but th- I'll try. Okay. You know what? And, and what bothers me about this, and and more eloquent. Uh, and learned observers of me have spoken to this. If you got the lady parts, for instance, and I'm referring to you as a she, but you're not much of a she. Sometimes you feel like a he or neither, or it's not part of your identity or anything. I'm totally cool with there are females that are that way. I don't hate you. I don't judge you. 
I don't think you're sick or satanic or I don't want you burned at a stake. I don't want anybody to be mean to you or call you names or anything. But if you got the girl parts, you're a she. Be any kind of she you want, including like a super uh, masculine one. I don't care. I don't judge you. But it's the thing about all this is it's denying that there can be lots of different kinds of dudes. Lots of different kinds of gals, and it's all okay. No, if you're a super effeminate dude, you've got to change your, your pronouns and your names and the rest. I don't get it. But well, we have our first pa- passports with an X now. So Finally. I guess we I guess we could all choose that if we wanted. I got contacted by the... Oh, we got to take a break, don't we? Oh, uh, yeah. Whoa. I got contacted by the county yesterday because of the whole COVID thing in my family, and uh, the, the gender thing came up. Among other things, we'll talk about next. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hertz just announced that it's buying 100,000 Teslas for its fleet of rental cars. Then to give Hertz a taste of their own medicine, Tesla said, sorry, we don't have any Teslas right now. Is it Kia Rio okay? (laughs) (laughs) Take that. Uh, uh, I don't want to get off on that topic, but there was another article in the Wall Street Journal about the various... uh, government incentives for electric cars that helped tesla and and hertz on that whole deal to make it happen and do we need to give tax breaks to the fourth richest company in the entire world i don't know that's an interesting discussion um on the whole covid thing so i thought i had covid a week or so ago uh, and gave it to my family i never tested positive i just assumed i didn't have the covid stupidly um, and, uh, and never tested myself, but then my whole family tested positive. And so I thought, well, I must've had the COVID I have since tested and tested negative every time. Well, I thought, well, it's just cause I'm over it. Well, we got a call from the County, a contact tracer called and I was on the phone with them for a half an hour yesterday. They wow, asked lots so of that questions. really happens in the real world. I'll be danged. Yeah. And lots and lots of questions as they try to deal, build a database of this whole thing, because as we've said many times, even though it's been around for a year and a half, it's amazing how much we don't know about the way it's spread and, and, and who gets it and why some people get sicker and some people don't and all that different sort of stuff. But anyway, I mentioned to him my story about how I think I had it. And he said, well, have you had a test? And I said, well, the first thing he said, he said, do not have your family get any tests in the next 90 days because they will show positive um, for at least the next 90 days if they've huh. had COVID. And I thought that was interesting. And I said, well, I've had, I've had an official test, like at the local university, and I tested negative, and I've done three home tests, and I've tested negative. And he said, well, then you didn't have it. I said, really? You don't think I had it? And he said, no, you would test positive. Um, well, if I didn't have it, that's kind of weird. How did I not have it being around two other people that did have it for a weekend? Well, I'm sick today. Did I catch it from them now? Uh, we got texts from a variety of people. This is all anecdotal, but some of the anecdotal evidence is as good as the official evidence because it's all over the place. Anecdotal evidence. Here's somebody who says, I used to work for Abbott, who makes some of the home tests. It will only detect viral load. The home tests will only test positive while you have it. They will not test positive for the next 90 days like the other more stringent tests will. So that's mm. some info for you right there. Um, 
If you were wondering if you've had it and you never got a positive test, you could go get tested now and you might test positive even though you had it a month ago when you, yeah. you had the symptoms a month ago. Okay, so those are those false ago. positive and, and inflated numbers of cases we were hearing about. Yeah. And then we got we had one guy who, who texted who said, uh, my whole family had it. I kept testing negative, but I was sick. The doctor finally said, would you like me to write a note that says you do have it just because you're testing? So the doctor seemed to indicate that he thought he had it, but it wasn't because showing up the, on the test. Or it was that the guy felt left out or what? <laughs> Well, can I can I have it? But for some reason, it doesn't show up on the test. I don't know. I don't get it. We got this note from Skeets in beautiful Ridgefield, Washington. We had COVID run through our family of six a few months back. We were on a weekend beach trip. All six of us, uh, six of us in the car for hours on end. Same air, obviously. Three of us got COVID. One was vaxxed, two unvaxxed. Three of us didn't get it. Two huh. vaxxed, one unvaxxed. It's unpredictable. Wow. Okay. So maybe I can be around several people with COVID for days on end and not get it. And I just yeah. had, coincidentally had a cold during the same time, which is a heck of a coincidence. But Hey, the Let's Go Brandon Armstrong and Getty t-shirts, hats, and hoodies are flying off the shelves. It helps us uh, keep the guys on the payroll during challenging times. If you want to pick up a t-shirt, my, I treasured my favorite radio station t-shirts as a kid. Uh, you know, if you want to sport an A&G logo around, we are very flattered. If you want to give it as a gift for Christmas, probably a good idea to order it as soon as possible. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. They are not stuck on ships outside Long Beach. They're ready to be bought. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.